0: Hi everyone, and thank you very much for tuning in. So today is a follow-up in some ways from yesterday, so, but with a different theme. Yesterday we discussed the impact of the Meghan and Harry interview on how people uh, perceived the situation, the claims that Meghan made, and we made some comparisons to how people perceived the picture, the image of the late Princess Diana, and we had the discussion about this idea of sharing one's struggle and sharing one's, uh, let's say, vulnerability and sharing one's emotional uh, emotional words. And we discussed some arguments for this and some arguments on some questions that could be asked. But the situation has escalated from yesterday. And what happened is that Pierce Morgan, who said on air that he's not buying the claims that Megan made about her mental health, about suicides on some sensitive issues, is now under investigation by Ofcom, which is, we're gonna discuss what this is, and also he parted ways with the media company he was part of. Before though we start discussing this, and because we don't need Ofcom to regulate our content, let me make a clarification about a mistake that I made yesterday. So I said yesterday that Jordan Peterson said that he believes that it's a good advice not to cry in your father's funeral. This is a misquote. So Jordan Peterson did not say that. Jordan Peterson said that you have to be a pillar of strength in a time of crisis, in a time of, uh, of uh, in a difficult time, and that you should be the person that people uh, rely on. He, did, he never said you should not cry. This was a different quote that I read on a different context. So Dr. Peterson, you're probably not watching this, but mea culpa, I shouldn't have mixed these things up. Having said that, because I saw a comment yesterday, this was something that I said in a personal context. I said that I find in my personal context, this advice by Dr. Peterson very powerful. This was not a claim as I saw in the super chat that if you cry in a funeral, you're not a man, or nothing related to that. All I said is what was the impact of that quote on me. So hopefully we've taken care of this. Again, it was my mistake. I misquoted Dr. Peterson. But let's go to today's topic. So Jonathan, you are in the US. So from all these miles away, what caught your attention in this Pierce Morgan versus Ofcom versus Meghan Markle story?
1: Well, I mean, certainly uh, this hasn't blown up necessarily in the US as it has in the UK, um, but the the Royals writ large, there's just, there's so much to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll quickly share share my screen and, and share some thoughts, uh, Nikos, and thank you uh, for being, well, you know, thanks for being together today and thanks to all of our viewers and our listeners around the world. Uh, obviously the, the interview with Oprah between Meghan and Harry is still causing a lot of waves. I'll just say for the record, Meghan, in my mind, I don't follow the royals at all. I think the whole idea of royalty is completely backward and from a dark age. I think if they were smart, they would disband the whole thing. And no civilized country in my mind should have a, a, a king, even a figurehead. Uh, but I'll, I'll just say, Megan, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, my, I've ever seen, just, just she's, she's stunning, as a side note. Um, but as you said, Nikos, the, the real, now brouhaha has moved from the interview to the fallout from the interview, and that is Piers Morgan, who I understand, I certainly don't watch a lot of British TV, but is kind of a, a, a major presenter in the UK. He made some uh, controversial remarks on a Britain, Britain's morning TV show. And he is not only out, but he is being investigated. Ofcom, which, what, what is Ofcom? I mean, those in the, here in the US were used to what's called the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Ofcom is the Office of Communication for for Britain for the United Kingdom and according to Wikipedia, they have a wide ranging powers across the television, radio, telecoms and postal sectors. It has a way for it statutory duty. There's that duty word to represent the interest of citizens and consumers by promoting competition and protecting the public from harmful or offensive material. So I'll stop right there. We have a little more to share, but um, you know this has become the real issue here. It's not even what was said but the fact that someone commented peers in this case commented and now government steps in you know from an american eyes as you know many of you in the uk i guess you're used to this by, by now but from an american's perspective th- this is much more shocking than anything meghan or harry said
0: so let's be clear here what ofcom is for me ofcom is the closest thing that one can think in a modern society to censorship and why do i say this Quite often, we see the term censorship thrown around by conservatives, twittering, censoring me. And we've discussed many times why this is not the case. But let's see what Ofcom, which is the Office of Communication, does. So in their side, they say, we make sure people get the best from their broadband, home phones, and mobile services. That's something different. As well as keeping an eye on TV and radio. First of all, I don't like this... I prefer the bureaucrat to use the proper bureaucratic Orwellian language. I don't want to keep an eye. What does it mean you keep an eye? Let's see what they mean. Our duties come from parliaments. So basically you're an extension of the state. Our priority is to look after you. And we sometimes do this by promoting competition among companies we regulate. So this is my answer to the people who say, oh, the United Kingdom is a neoliberal country. So here you have a statutory body that says, "A, we regulate content, but also we create competition." But let's
1: let's let's deep, and, deep. and I'll just say the yeah. quick at that point, Nico, you're, you're thing is, so "Well, we're going to keep an eye." I mean, Dr. Jerome Brook always makes the point. I think, and, and I think uh, uh, an American founding father did as well, whether it was Jefferson or whatnot, escapes me. But that, what is government other than force? I mean, government is force. So whatever they do. They do it by force. They didn't do it by trade, they do it by force. So keep an eye, promote competition, all ends up being government force in the marketplace. And you mentioned some of these off-com rules. I mean, uh, here's the, uh, you know, they have a whole broadcasting code here, very detailed broadcasting code, everything about what can be said, what can't be said about how certain types of ideas can't be excluded you can't make fun of religion. Like for example, the religious views and beliefs of those belonging to a particular religion must not be subject to ab- abusive treatment. So there's a, a whole host of things that you're keeping an eye on, as you said, to, uh, to make sure that you're doing your duty to the public so, good.
0: And here's to what type of citizens this refers to. Listen to the next one. We also have to make sure people across the UK are satisfied with what they see and hear on TV and radio. Here's, here's a, an advice from me. If you're not satisfied from what you see on TV and radio, I'm sure the device has a button which is called off. You press it and you don't see it anymore. And also here's the creepiest part. We are independent and funded by fees paid to us by the company we regulate. And Ayn Rand gives a name to that, which is the sanction of the victim. So basically it says, you you have to, you pay us and we regulate you and we make sure that what you do is not according to your standards, but according to someone else's standard. Now I spent some like five minutes online trying to figure out if I want, if if I have a media outlet, if I can not be regulated by Ofcon. So now there are some, differences. So, for example, some things that fall outside, uh, some things related to the internet or advertising, which falls under a different regulatory regime. But I couldn't find if this is something which is obligatory. Because some, someone would say, no, no, this is self-regulation. This is just media companies coming together to make sure there are some standards. But again, if you want standards, impose them to yourself. You don't need someone who has the power of the state to find you. So, have you got any comments? or shall I proceed to to the Pierce Morgan story? Yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: just, just this idea of the, the power. People say, well, you know, it's just an investigation. It's, you know, they're not actually, it's just an investigation. Well, I took a look uh, as well, uh, Nikos, and, you know, look at all these investigations. Uh, it's all out there. I mean, this is just uh, from the last couple of weeks on their website. This is some of the TV programs, of course, the one with peers or this one on March 8th got the most number of complaints, um, but here's some radio programs uh, that are being investigated, something with Niall Farage, something called the debate with Anab Gusami, um, something called, so, but basically the state, as you pointed out, is have his ongoing investigations of, of what, of people ripping you off, stealing your TV? No, of speech, of something you said. And you know, there's a, the term is the chilling effect. And it, it's that concept of deterring free speech association simply because of government, not even force, but the threat of force. And you, you're right, I think about Rand, uh, what did you say, she'd call it? Um, uh, the sanction of the victim. The sanction of the victim. I actually think she, too, she'd call it censorship because she wrote about this in um, fa- the Fascist New Frontier. She said, freedom of speech needs as you said, freedom of interference, suppression of punitive action by the government and nothing else. It doesn't mean Facebook not letting you post that Alex Jones video. So Rand, once again, foresaw this, she anticipated it and it's a real terrible precedent that is in the UK and all throughout Europe. I think if they're ever gonna get out of their own way, these types of draconian uh, speech regulations are a great place to start.
0: And let's see now what happened, particularly with Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan is someone who is one of the top names in in the British media. He's someone with whom I fiercely, fiercely, fiercely disagree when it comes to his approach to COVID. He was one of the people who were ringing the bell, which basically said panic. Although I appreciate that he considers Cristiano Ronaldo the best football player ever, but that's probably for another episode. So what he said is that he, he said that he, did not, he does not buy what Meghan Markle said. Now, someone would say, wait a minute, are you, why would you go, why would you end up being investigated by Ofcom because you say you don't buy what someone said? So here's the two things that make it a bit more complicated. The one is, who is the target of his criticism? So Meghan Markle, as I claimed yesterday, holds more moral authority than perhaps the royal family. And I would say, and don't laugh with this than the pope because i'm asking you this if someone would say i don't buy something that the pope said or something bad about the pope it's easier i believe today to criticize the pope rather than someone who is perceived as being the victim of an injustice and even more of a structural injustice so i'm not saying whether megan whether megan is a victim of a structural injustice but what i'm saying is that this today gives you more of again a moral aura than even if you are the Pope. And again, that's me, that's not an objective disposition. So what happened? I'll,
1: I'll, yeah. I'll say I think it's an interesting observation, Nico, I mean, but you know, from my perspective, at least even looking through some of these Ofcom issues, it to me it seems to be a numbers game. I mean, how many bad things have occurred because people have said, oh, government's gotta do something, gotta do something. So, you know, you're a regulator all of a sudden you get 20 complaints a day and you've got 40,000 complaints one day. And, you know, th- and that's the real danger of this unlimited government and, uh, uh, and because it can do whatever it wants. And it's swayed completely by the mob, you know, the mob rule that says, you know, we're outraged about this today and that tomorrow. I mean, th- and that's what's really so frightening and so ultimately silencing about your ability to speak about anything. And you know, all new ideas are offensive. Dr. Brooke makes this point as well. I mean, any new idea is offended. I mean, when people thought the world was flat, they were pissed off when you said, no, it's it's round. Uh, Or when people said, you know, when when people were racist, they were pissed off when you said, you're idiots for being racist. So new ideas are always frightening to people and any abuse of that speech, and it sounds like it's widespread throughout Europe and the UK is just a terrible harbinger for a society and for progress writ large.
0: So, and what you said really adds up to what I said, which is that unfortunately today, it just takes pe- many people to say, I'm offended by this for this to end up in Ofcom. And one more thing, many said the problem, what's the horrible thing that you did Pierce is that you challenged someone's truth about suffering. And yesterday, what I one of the notes I had about the, atmosphere after diana's death someone said diana taught us that it's mostly about feelings rather than reason that we became a country more open to feeling and again this sounds very beautiful this is something very important we said it's important to it's important to you know not to feel that you cannot express yourself but the problem is that when the guidance to the law becomes your feelings then we're in trouble so what is the situation then with Pierce? So he's under investigation under the section for harm and offense. And listen to this section and notice how it is open to interpretation which is based on basically zero standards. So he says in applying generally accepted standards, broadcaster must ensure that material which may cause offense is justified by the context. Go figure. Then, such material may include, but is not limited limited to, offensive language, violence, sex, blah blah blah, distress, humiliation, violation of human dignity. Could someone define to me what violation of human be, dignity it's means? It's whatever
1: they want it to be. I mean, this is the definition of non objective law. You know, exactly. So they, they literally make it up as it go as they as they go as it as they go along.
0: So. Try being now, Pierce Morgan, finding yourself sleeping opposite from these bureaucrats and having to prove why what you said is not related to humiliation or distress. Now, he's in, he's going to be in a difficult position because what they're going to tell him is that, look, Megan made some comments about very important issues. She talked about her mental health and she talked about thinking. So what some people understood as thinking about not wanting to live anymore or something like that. So again, very important topics. But when you deal with these issues based on this type of non-objective law, you find yourself in a Kafkaesque universe where it's impossible to prove you're innocent. And why would you prove you're innocent on something that you said? Again, it's what you said. This, these were, this was an opinion. He said, I don't believe you. He didn't say, go after here. He didn't incite any violence. He didn't relieve, release any personal information. So, this is again, this is censorship yes. by definition.
1: This that is, is censorship. That's it.
0: This is censorship. You find yourself in trouble for things that you said. And there's a line in Atlas Shrugged by Judge Narragansett who says that I shall demonstrate that humanity's darkest evil, the most destructive horror machine among all the devices of men is non-objective law, end quote. So what he means is, you have non-objective law, all the roads to to disaster are open. Because again, then everyone can say, look, what you said, I found this, one of the, it's something like 10 lines of these vague and non-objective criteria about uh, falling under the quote, harm and offense rules. By the way, notice the, the, how wide the umbrella is, harm and offense. Like two things that are very, very difficult, very, very different to each other. And one more thing, we had more than f- around 45,000 people complaining to Ofcom. And my question to these people is why? Why do you require the intervention of an external party to regulate something that you did not like? And this is why the state is making bullies out of the best of us, out of out of all of us, because without OFCOM, you would say, you know what, this Pierce Morgan, I'm changing the channel, I or I switch off my TV, or wh- even wh- the extreme situation, you send a letter and you say, you know what, sir, I find you a really bad person. But now that the state gives you this avenue, what do you do? You go to the state and you say, or you go to the state regulator. And you say, uh, do your thing. Punish that person, exercise force. So you people are actually asking the state to exercise force against someone. And again, I don't know where I stand on the discussion. I will respect what Megan says because I have no reason to believe she was lying. But this is something completely different from going to the state and saying- That's say, right. I mean, then, it,
1: that's the thing. Don't, don't get sidetracked. It is nothing to actually do with Megan. Uh, it is whether you believe Megan or not. It's do you have the right to speak? And you know, Nico, so you think about some of those ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, far, far East Asian countries, and where, like, for example, if you criticize the king, they can put you in jail. Like, you know, that's commonplace in these backward third world countries. But you know, this uh, and what's happening in the UK and a lot of of Europe, it's it's not too far off because, as you said, it's like if you hurt anyone's feelings that person can come around and say, in effect, I've been physically harmed. But you, they haven't been physically harmed. They've had their feelings hurt. Um, but you know, equating feelings with physical harm is, you know, it, 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 it's such a terrible silencing of speech. And it's exactly what you described, non-objective law, where everyone's guilty before they even open their mouths.
0: So to sum up what we discussed today, people,
1: two comments. One is the Cultural oh, oh, aspect. oh, and again, sorry. The, I'm sorry. Thank you, Aline, for once again your generous contribution on the super chat.
0: Thank you so much, Marilyn. Thanks, everyone. Actually, and thanks to the person who pointed to me that my comment yesterday was a bit weird, and it got me to go and check the original quote. And again, you know, mistakes will be done, but I recognize my mistake with a misquoting. So, two things that we that sum up at least my argument. The first was an interesting cultural observation that says that it's easier to criticize the prime minister, uh, the queen, or probably even the Pope than someone who is perceived as being, let's say, somewhere high on the intersectionality uh, structure of oppression. And the second is, and the most important, that when the state force comes into play, then it's a completely different discussion and a completely different category and it's something that anyone who is interested in maintaining the freedom of speech should be very, very worried, irrespective of what you think about Pierce Morgan, even if he's the if you think he's the worst person on media.
1: Anything else? No, thank you for making that point. I mean, you know, we always we say it comes back to principles, it comes back to these fundamental principles of which objectivism is really clear about. So take this opportunity to read Ayn Rand look at the lexicon, Google free speech on Rand and learn a little bit about what she said about how vital free speech is. And I believe Nikos, I don't remember where exactly it was, but she basically said that free speech is what keeps us from being a dictatorship. As long as we have that, that's when you have to get the fuck out of Dodge is when free free speech is taken away. So take this opportunity to read Rand on this issue and see how relevant it is to everything that's being ripped from today's headlines. And thank you for being with us. Could have been in on Is
0: was Shrugging, but it was her, one of her answers when asked, what do you think is the border beyond which we are in dictatorship territory? Anyway, thanks so much, Jonathan, for the homework that you do for every episode. I really appreciate it. It gives value to, with to the you guys. audience. And it's good stuff. Okay, see you in Clubhouse, people, soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.